Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. Okay, so in the last few episodes, we just had our Halloween episode, a special edition one this past week. But before that, we did a starting over in Genesis, and we, we started with the literal like nothing in the universe, the creation of everything, and the, the rise of man, the creation of man, and then the subsequent fall of man, all the way through the the first ever soft reboot of mankind with the story of Noah and the flood and everything. We are moving so fast as far as the history of humanity goes. And now we find ourselves up to Genesis chapter 12. Today we're going to cover chapters 12 through 17. And we're going to, don't worry, we're going to pump the brakes a little bit. We're going to slow things down, throttle back a bit, not move quite so quickly. So for this episode and then for next week's, we're going to cover a very important figure, a very important person, which is the, the father of, of the chosen people, Abraham himself. So that's what we're doing today. From Abraham, we get Isaac, and then from Isaac, we get Jacob, and then the whole rest of the Israelites and everybody from there. So Abraham is kind of a big deal. So I, I really can't wait to get into it. Today's going to be a little bit of a laying the foundation and really just kind of, there's, there's some neat stuff in it. Uh, we're going to really start to get the ball rolling, and then next week's, it'll really go into full swing, and, and everything that we talk about today is, is going to be really part of all of that all the foundation so can't wait to talk about it can't wait to get into it but first <laughs> let's talk about what i'm drinking so kind of like last week if you remember for the halloween episode i explained a bit how normally on the show i try to pre-plan and figure out what it is that i'm going to be drinking and and try and tie it into the show somehow or do something cutesy or punny or something to that, to that effect and I had a lot of trouble with this episode. There wasn't anything that really felt was an obvious choice to tie in with the story of Abraham or do anything like that. So I decided to just kind of wing it and <laughs> see see how it went. And as it happens for tonight, I found out that a local bar was having pub trivia tonight. Not just any pub trivia, which I'm a big fan of, but a themed one i guess to tie in with halloween a little bit tomorrow is halloween as far as when i'm recording this and they decided to have trivia based on the hit netflix series stranger things really just a, a fantastic show if you by chance haven't seen it so when we found out they were doing stranger things related trivia we we decided we had to go so i've been there we went there all night. In, in case you're wondering, we did get we were we were killing it. We were in first place all the way to the very end, where you can wager your points on the final question, so that you can either you know kind of like Jeopardy, Final Jeopardy, I guess. Like you can either get way ahead or you can lose points and fall behind. We were killing it. We were in first place from the first question all the way through to the last place, and some. <sighs> Some eighth place like numbnut team decided to bet all of their points. They, they weren't even the running. We weren't even looking at them at all. We really didn't think they were a threat at all because they had been in eighth place the whole time. And we didn't think they were going to get all four questions on the final answer correct. And we weren't really worried about them. But they ended up betting all their points and, and knocking us out of first place. So we only got second place. So whatever. But anyway, I know you guys don't actually care about that. So I was having a few beers over there, and I bounced around a bunch of different stuff. You know, the Oktoberfests and uh, some stouts and 
What else did I have? Blonde, I think, and kind of sounds like my dating life a little bit. You know, a couple, <laughs> a couple blondes here and there, a couple stouts. Uh, <laughs> you know, some some nights are like that. Anyway, I came home and decided, ah, I really need to record this week's episode and, and get on it. Let me go ahead and ramp up for the show. I looked around the bar and was trying to figure out what I wanted to drink, and uh, I'm getting kind of low on on my whiskey and and stuff. Or or I've already the stuff I have, I've already done on the show. I don't want to do any kind of repeats like that. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I opened up my fridge, and the only thing in there that has the word beer on it, it was a six pack of ginger beer, which was remnants from a time a few weeks ago where we got together and had some Moscow mules with friends. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. Let's just let's just keep going down this beer vibe. Not even thinking. Like I was still in my work clothes from working all day, and then going straight to trivia afterwards. So I was like, so I pop open a ginger beer and go in my room and, and start taking off my clothes. This is how much of an idiot I am. I'm start drinking it. I'm like three sips in. I'm like, huh. I never actually drank ginger beer before by itself. It's only been in cocktails like Moscow Mules, which I'm a huge fan of Moscow Mules. I mean, you can put vodka in it to make a Moscow Mule. You put gin in it to make a gin gin mule, uh, like a London Mule, right? You know, it's pretty versatile, but but the key, like the key ingredient is like a spirit of some kind and then ginger beer. I've never had ginger beer all by itself. What I did not know was that it is basically root beer and it is not alcoholic. So there I am drinking this ginger beer, trying to get ready for this show where I drink too much. And all I'm doing is drinking a soda. <laughs> uh, I am an idiot, guys, And in case you didn't know already. So anyway, I decided to, to just go ahead and go full in. I'd already had the, the ginger beer open, so went ahead and did the full deal and made a Moscow mule. And I had my, my copper mug. This actually, I put it up on Instagram. You can you can see it. It's actually a promotional, a pre-order bonus I got from ordering the, the video game, Gears of War 4. It's one of the weirdest pre-order bonuses of anything I've ever gotten, I think. I don't, it's just random. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I don't, like, it's so, it's so neat. Like, I have other copper, like, Moscow Mule mugs in the house. Uh, some have, I think, I think one's got, like, uh, Absolute's logo on it. I have to go check. That may, that may be wrong, but a couple other, you know, a couple other groups out there, a couple other different brands and stuff. I don't know. I think I have like three or four in the house, but this is like my favorite just because it feels so random. And I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't even be drinking out of it. I should go on eBay and see if it's worth anything, but eh, who cares? We're here. We're here to make good entertainment or try our best at least on here. So that's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a haphazard attempt at try to to keep on keep a buzz going to keep things happening and 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 drinking a moscow meal but i'm i'm into it i like it a lot i highly recommend them it's actually probably one of my favorite vodka related drinks i talked about it before i think vodka gets a lot of, at least in my mind I, I don't i don't give vodka the respect that it deserves a lot of time because of how so many people i don't want to say abuse but they just they just throw it into stuff just to to spike it just to get a buzz right that's what you use for like like jello shots or just mixing it with other juice or whatever it's just it's vodka is so often the additive the spirit that you put in there to make something alcoholic when you don't actually appreciate or enjoy alcohol or, or liquor itself right so that's kind of where a lot of times in America here, that's where vodka gets uh, relegated to in the in the tier list of, of of spirits. But it's not fair. And I and I like 
And I like with the Moscow Mule, especially with the ginger beer, I think that's one a great combination where you get that flavor profile from the ginger beer, which is kind of unusual. It's not something that we normally get in everyday life. And then also with the, the spiking it with the vodka and everything as well. I think it just it adds a lot together. And of course, also, like I said earlier, the gin gin mule with gin. I love gin. Gin's a sister spirit to vodka anyway. So it just adds those extra botanicals and everything. So huge fan of both of those. And that's what we're drinking tonight. And that's been a lot of talking about a thing that I wasn't even planning to bring up whatsoever. Like I didn't have any plans for what I was drinking tonight. So that's that's the winging it booze portion. So there we go. All right, so in the area of not winging it, let's talk about how God wanted to set up Abraham to be the chosen people lineage and set up the people that would that would help change the world for the rest of humanity. Good old Abraham. Actually, at this point of the story, Abraham is actually going by the name of Abram. Abram was his born name, his given name until later which we'll we'll get into where his name was changed but we're, so for the next little while we're going to just call him Abram and I need to in order to tell these stories to get start set the foundation to set the stage we've got to connect some of the lineage dots between himself and Noah maybe it's minor details but I think it's important to know that it is I mean everybody else on the planet was wiped out with the flood right so everything got that what I was calling a soft reboot with Noah so we can follow the lineage pretty easily from Noah all the way down to Abram. So as you recall, Noah had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And after the flood receded and everything, they, they, all, they all spread out into the world, creating all the nations. And we can follow the lineage of Shem about seven generations down to a man named Terah. Now Terah had three sons. One was named Nahor. One was named Haran, and one, of course, was Abram, right? That was one of his sons. And then one of his sons, Haran, so Abram's brother, had a son named Lot. So that was Abram's nephew. Big deal. That was Abram's nephew. And then uh, Haran actually unfortunately passed away, but whatever. <laughs> it, really, it just it mentions it, but that's all it talks about. Then Abram had married a woman named Sarai. And now Sarai, unfortunately, was barren, and she had no children. They could not have children together. And they all lived in the land of Canaan. And if you remember Canaan, that actually goes back to Ham and when Noah got naked after he got drunk after the, the flood and everything. Anyway, so they're living in the Canaanite region of everything until Abram's father, Terah, passed away. All right, so there's a lot of stuff, and it's not we're not getting into the fun stuff yet, but just, just kind of set the stage. And after Abram's father, Terah, died, God kind of like thought Abram was pretty neat and he spoke to him and gave him instructions and he says Abram bro you got to get out of here you're still living in your dad's house you're 75 years old now she was uh, his wife Sarai was 10 years younger she was 65 so Abram was 75 his wife was 65 and they were still living in his dad's house in Canaan and God's like you gotta go you gotta get out of here can't stay here anymore uh, let's let's leave Canaan right now just stick with me Abram stick with me I'm going to make something out of you. I'm going to make a man out of you. A whole nation, actually. Just trust me. Uh, anyone who blesses you will be blessed. Anyone who curses you will be cursed. I'm a, I got you. I got you, dog. Like, just stick with me. And Abram's like, cool, God. That sounds awesome. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of I'm tired of, tired of being around Dad's old tent here. I'm, I'm ready to go. So at the age of 75 years old, Abram and his wife, Sarai, and his nephew, Lot, who decided to hitch along with him, 
all three decide to leave Canaan and just follow under God's directions. So they leave Canaan and they're walking around and as they're traveling there becomes a widespread famine in all the land. So the group goes to the nearest like biggest city where there's there's probably going to be work and food and, and options to try and survive the famine which is Egypt. That wasn't the ultimate plan it was just a stopping point to get through the famine but then as they're going there <laughs> Abram so Abram, Abram Abram's a pretty cool guy right like he's the father of like the whole Israelites and you know the the lineage of everything right like he did a lot of great stuff he also did some really boneheaded things like I don't understand what went through his head sometimes so Abram at 75 and his wife was 65 believed that his wife was so beautiful he was absolutely 100% sure that when they went down to Egypt if anyone found out that they were married he was dead set that someone would kill him just so they could take Sarai to be their own wife so he talks to Sarai his wife and says and he begs her he says hey let's make a plan if anyone asks who you are and who I am let's just tell them that we're brother and sister so they won't kill me and take you for themselves and she's like okay that sounds like a great idea I really don't want my husband to die so that sounds like a a great lie to tell everybody what could go wrong what like you know that's what's no big deal <laughs> so so they go into Egypt and and actually believe it or not I thought this was just like a cutesy like oh man Abram you're so you're so cool like you think your 65 year old wife is so pretty like you are you are worried about like all this stuff happening like like no offense to you know but like there's not a lot of 65 year olds that would are hot enough still that make people want to kill other people and take them for their own wives right so like it was just i thought i was kind of like wishful thinking or kind of you know like he just like maybe he just like you know had those lovey-dovey eyes for her and like like oh you're so beautiful but like no but for real for real <laughs> Abram was on the money because as soon as they get into Egypt, all the Egyptians saw Sarai and how beautiful she was and rumors and words spread all the way up to the Pharaoh himself. Can, well, can I and like can I just say like the fact that that like like she got validated and like on her beauty like at 65 years old, the rumors and like talking about her how beautiful she was got all the way to the Pharaoh himself like like I just gotta say like props to my girl Sarah over here because my girl was keeping it together right like keeping it tight like I, 65 years old and word of how pretty you are gets up to Pharaoh that's not nothing right very impressive so I don't know shout out to her real quick anyway so Pharaoh hears about how beautiful he she is and you know he's he's the pharaoh so he does whatever the fuck he wants to do so he's he goes down and scoops her up to be his wife and marries her really quickly like i don't know like i don't know how how, how fast this happened like like it just but it's just like one day they just like guards i guess showed up and we're like um hi uh abram um we need your sister the pharaoh is gonna marry her and i don't know like abram's just like uh excuse me like like can we talk about this like no you have no say in the matter he's the pharaoh he can just choose a wife out of the crowd whenever he wants to as long as she's not already married 
Like, and I'm sure he's like, like what what happens if she was married? Like, oh, then the pharaoh wouldn't touch her and everything would be totally fine. But she's not, so we're going to take your sister up and be wifey material for the pharaoh. And everyone's just like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> anyway, so, so Sarah goes up to pharaoh and, and they're together. And now he's like, she's like his wife kind of or whatever. But because like Pharaoh's like so into her, and I guess she's just so beautiful, he's he wants to hook a brother up, and he wants to help out Abram, his new beautiful, sixty-five-year-old wife's brother, who was trying to trying to give him the hookup. So he starts giving him all this stuff. He gives him cattle's and donkeys, maybe some mules from Moscow. Wink, wink, whatever. I guess it does tie in a little bit. I don't know. It's a very big stretch, I know. But anyway, so he's got some cattle and donkeys and camels and servants, both male and female. And he just he just loads up Abram with all these goodies because now he's like his brother-in-law. Like, right? Like, he's just like, hey, I got I got money. I got things. Here you go. Everything's kind of pretty cool, except the fact that Abram's wife is not with him. And he's she's with the Pharaoh, which is awkward. However, God saw that the Pharaoh had taken Sarai from her husband and he starts sending plagues down onto the Pharaoh and his whole house. And like it uses the word, the term great plagues. So not petty, passive, aggressive plagues. Like God didn't secretly change the thermostat or they didn't like switch out the sugar and the salt so that there would be salt where there was sugar and sugar where there was salt just to like mess up Pharaoh's food or anything like that. So like great plagues, right? Like like swarms of locusts and water turning to blood and like cattle diseases and things and or like whenever you try to reset your social media password and you get a string of those I am not a robot captchas, but everything in the box is just a disjointed string of lowercase L's and uppercase I's and and ones mixed in there and you can't tell which is which and you're forever stuck in a loop of not being able to prove that you're human and and Facebook just keeps saying that you're a robot over and over again like you know like like we're talking about great plagues here right like just the most annoying things ever <laughs> I don't I don't even know anyways so after some time the truth came out and you know after Pharaoh was afflicted by these great plagues and couldn't log into Instagram he calls to Abram he's like Yo, what the hell, man? Why on earth did you lie about her being your sister? Like, that is not only a shitty thing to lie about, it's super creepy that you would even think to say that. What is your deal, man? He says, I would not have even touched her if I knew she was your wife. I thought she was fair game, man. Why you gotta do me like that? And I, Abram, I think, just, like, shrugs and is like, I thought you was gonna kill me. Like, I'm sorry, man. And... Pharaoh and Pharaoh has his guards escort them all out of Egypt, but he lets Abram keep all the cattle and the cows and the mules and whatever and the camels and everything, all the servants, everything that he had given him. He lets him keep them. He's like, he's like, just leave, just take it and go, get out of here. I don't want to see you anymore or your your wife or sister or whatever she is. Like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. So that's the story of the time that Abram got his first million dollars by telling the pharaoh that that was his wife was his sister and letting him marry her <laughs> very very weird but anyway so now abram's got abram is loaded he's got all this money and also through the whole inter interaction his nephew lot also gets super rich too 
And they're so rich, in fact, that they're out in the wilderness. And, like, Abram's got his servants and his flocks and cattle and everything. And Lot's over here. And he's got his cattle and all of his stuff and everything and his servants. And there's there's so many of cattle and slaves and everything or servants and everything. And there's not enough land. And so they start like, getting, like, gang wars happening. Like, the Bloods and the Crips. Like, right? Abram versus Lot. Not them them themselves but their people and they're like fighting over like watering holes and stuff and like all this drama is happening and so abram and lot come together and like listen or abram says to lot he's like listen we can't be having this this is not good tell you what we have to split up we have to separate we have to go different directions he said whatever you pick lot lot you make the decision if you want to go north i'll go south if you want to go west i'll go east whatever direction you want to go i will go the opposite and we'll just separate so that we don't have any more of this gang war stuff right and so lot looks around and lot's kind of a dick <laughs> lot, lot is a piece of work let me tell you and you're gonna find out later but he's so selfish, and he looks around, and he sees the what he thinks is the best land in the plain of Jordan, near these two towns, you may have heard of before, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? That's, that's what they're called. And he chooses that place as his new home, and Abram's like, cool, man, doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm going to go the opposite. And so he leaves, and he kind of still hangs out. He, he finds himself back near the land of Canaan, which is where he was supposed to leave from to begin with. But whatever, we're not getting to that right now. So as as time goes on, so he's like, I don't even know what time it is now. So he left there, what, when he was 75? I'm not sure how long he lived there or how long his wife was also the Pharaoh's wife or whatever, but I don't even know. I think I might say it later, but let's say it's he's like, I don't know, coming up on 80 or something, 85. And God keeps coming to Abram in these dreams. And he keeps, in these dreams, he keeps saying, like, talking, talking up all this stuff. Like, give him all these compliments and things. Like, I really think you're great and you're awesome. And, like, we should, we should be a thing. And you should, like, do what I say. And I'm going to make you a great nation. And we're, you're going to, your, your people are going to spread out all over the land. And, God keeps like giving Abram these dreams and Abram's just kind of rolling with it for a while but one day Abram's kind of had enough and he says okay listen he's talking to God he's like listen I am down for whatever everything you've been saying like I I'm in I'm in I'm in you got me right I'm in I'm not trying to be doubtful but just in case you haven't noticed I'm whatever he is now like 85 or whatever his wife's 10 years younger she's like 75 and they have been trying to have themselves some kids for a long-ass time. Like, probably near 50 years they've been trying to have a kid, and it's just not happening. He's not hes not making it happen for her. Like, it is not working out whatsoever. And so he starts, like, doubting God a little bit. And he's like, clearly something isn't happening here. Like, what's... I want to believe, but it's very difficult to believe it when you've been trying something for 50 years or so, right? And God's like... Did I stutter? And he goes, do you see all the stars in the sky? Your descendants will be more plentiful than all of them. And Abram's like, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Like, I hear you, right? I'm not trying to question it. I'm just I'm just saying is all. I'm just saying. And But Abram was, was into it. And, so, and it says that Abram's belief in God, despite the evidence to the contrary, was counted as righteousness. It was one of the main things that helped make him in line for to be the father of the chosen people or whatever so 
So then God instructs Abram to do some animal sacrifices, just because. And he was told to take a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old goat, a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a pigeon. To take all these animals and to cut them down. It's so weird. Cut them down long ways. Right? Not even in half, like, mid ways, but, like, cut them down long ways from, like, like snout to ass, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> he cuts them out, and then he lays them, like, splits them on their sides. And so it's just a path of, like, these cut-in-half dead animals, like, on either side. I guess it was a thing, whatever. <laughs> it's super gross and weird, but uh, something. And after, after effort, it took some, it takes some a little while, if you can imagine, like, cutting... Uh, what a three-year-old cow a three-year-old goat a three-year-old ram a turtle dove and a pigeon he didn't have to actually he didn't have to take the turtle dove and the pigeon it says um i don't know what he how he killed them but he didn't have to cut them in half i don't think that's too too difficult to cut to cut a turtle dove and a pigeon in half like that but the other the big cattle animals he did so as you can imagine it takes a long time to do that for every animal that's not a quick process snout to ass you know to cut them down long ways so while he's doing all that these vultures and other birds of prey keep coming down and trying to like scoop up these sacrificial animals and trying to like you know take bites out of them so while he's trying to cut them up he's like he's uh, shushing the shushing the no that's not shushing is when someone's being too loud the birds aren't the birds are eating the food not playing their music too loud shoot him he, sh- he shoot him he shoot away the birds uh and he's doing all that so all night he's like cutting these animals up and shooing away birds and making sure that like the everything is the way that God wants it and he just gets exhausted and God puts him into a deep sleep and God comes to him in a dream and in this dream it's a it's a prophecy and the prophecy tells about Abram's lineage in the future and God tells him this whole thing about how his his children his children's children or whatever they're going to be in, they're going to be foreigners in a foreign land and enslaved for 400 years but God would judge their slavers and they will be freed and they will take with them great riches. And God promised to give Abram and his generations uh, the land and make a great nation out of them and all this kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a whole big deal. And if you, it actually, we're going to come back to it probably later. It's probably going to take us about three months, I think. But I think it's going to, you know, it's foreshadowing. It's a, it's a big thing. So while Abram is having this whole prophetic dream and going through all this stuff he's got the the animals that were sacrificed and cut in half right they're just hat their hat their body halves are, are just hanging out where he left them a flame appears floating in the air and the flame travels down and floats between the sacrificed animals which signals the covenant that's actually there's a tradition in ancient hebrew where when you have like a really really big deal like if you're like signing a mortgage or buying like an rv or something like a really big expensive thing you're supposed to like cut up an animal lay their sides on the two things and then you take a little like incense burner whatever like candle flame torch whatever and like you walk it through the dead animal like pieces and then you hand the other person and they do it and that signifies that you're both you both sign on the dotted line, right, or something. It's like it's like you like I promise to pay back this mortgage in thirty years or whatever. You know, like like that's how you did contracts back then, or something like that. I might have had some of the details a little bit off, but that's kind of like a thing they did. So God just like makes the flame appear and does the whole like like mortgage contract with them right there throughout through the dead animals while Abram's sleeping. Like 
just it's just the fire is just making it happen all by itself so it just just further signaling the prophecy that was happening and and how serious god was about it right because even when he like told other people when he told noah and other you know like that like you're gonna be great and i'm gonna i'm gonna do good things with you there wasn't any of this stuff it was just like just just believe whatever and i'll and i'll take care of you but here's god actually like signing the contract signing the mortgage with abram that he's gonna he's gonna take care of him as long as abram does what he says right so kind of weird spooky but a big deal right it's pretty cool so abram wakes up and he i guess he saw like the the fire going through like signing the mortgage on the dead animals and everything and doing all that stuff and the abram goes to sarai his wife and tells her all about what god promised and the magical you know floating fire and everything but but Sarai does not have Abram's faith. She doesn't believe. She wants to believe. She's like into it. She wants to be the mother of a great nation, and everything. But her faith isn't there. Like clearly, I mean, she's fine as hell. Like we figured that much out. But her faith needs some work, right? She's got she's got a couple things she's gonna work on. She's not she's not believing no animal sacrifice, having dreaming that Abram was a part of. Because she knew that she was barren. She'd been trying to have a kid for 50 years. And she's like, just because you had a dream last night doesn't mean it's all going to come together. But Abram keeps talking to her and convinces her, like, no, God's for real. He's going to make it happen. Like, he said that, like, you know, I'm going to be the father of a great nation. And this is what God wants for us. And you're my wife. And so, like, I know you're going to have a kid and whatever, that type of thing. So she starts thinking about it and, like, trying to figure out. And just like that, like, post credit scene where Thanos like opens up the door and like the infinity gauntlet without any gems is like on the little stand and he like reaches in and puts his hand into the infinity gauntlet glove and pulls it out and he says fine I'll do it myself like just like that Sarai gets this idea like well if God wants to make a big nation out of my husband and I'm physically literally not able to have any children whatsoever then we're going to make this happen one way or another. And I, by golly, I'm going to make sure he has a kid. And, and, and I kind of take back a little bit about what I just said about Thanos, where he says, I'll do it myself. Cause she actually does the opposite because she can't do it herself. So she gets one of her slave girls, Hagar, and she gives the slave girl to Abram and says, Hey, why don't you knock her up and have a kid with her? And that can be, the start of your lineage because that's what god promised god gave you the promise he didn't give me the promise necessarily i don't think or whatever is, is all the stuff that's going through sarah's head so she's like why don't you just take her into your tent and like have your way with her and like and lock her up and abram's like well if you're sure like <laughs> he didn't it does not indicate that he put up any fight whatsoever i guess like if <laughs> if your wife of like whatever 50 years is like here's this girl why don't you go have sex with her like you get you get a you get a pass right you get a full permission you don't you guess you do, i guess you don't turn that away you don't stop it you don't like say oh no no like you just like well you know what are the odds with the one night with like the servant girl like you're gonna knock her up and create a whole lineage of people like a whole like you know like nations like you know like what what that's probably very unlikely so you you roll the dice you take the shot and uh you, you see what happens so abram does and wouldn't you know it by golly <laughs> first night in he gets hagar the servant girl pregnant like which i think kind of made sarah a little bit have an issue because i think this is not 
<laughs> this is not part of any kind of like like scriptures or any kind of I don't even think there's any other like theologian like writings or anything like that but in my mind I think that Sarai was a little bit like butthurt about it because I think that she was probably hoping or banking on on Abram being sterile right like she probably secretly thought that he was the one that couldn't have kids there was nothing wrong with her oven but it was what he was doing and so she's like here here's a servant girl go have sex with her and knock her up and if he couldn't have knocked her up then Sarah would have been validated in, in thinking that nothing was wrong with her equipment but you know first night in boop now Hagar is pregnant and like Sarah has no other option but like well I'm broken I'm malfunctioned which is sad like I mean I don't know like I'm trying to make it fun but I mean it's it's depressing right that's always that's always a sad thing but unfortunately there was it was Sarah's idea to have him sleep with the servant girl Hagar and then then Sarah doesn't doesn't keep it cool right she's not super 100 about it so she starts getting a big attitude and starts treating hagar pretty badly like i think she might even like started hitting her and stuff like totally not cool sarah like i don't care how fine you are like you can't be doing that thing so now they've got this pregnant servant girl that the husband the wife of the the lord the the whatever abram all right the, the owner the master whatever like this like, i it's one of my biggest issues about all this stuff is like so casually talking about slavery and servants and things like that and knocking them up but whatever these are these are stories this was, was a long time ago anyway so sarah is like treating her poorly and 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 hagar just can't take it anymore right she's already i mean she's poor girl's pregnant and whatever and now she's getting mistreated and it's just a bad time so she runs she runs away from the camp she's like screw this noise and so she takes her pregnant ass out and just runs out in the woods and she's out in the wilderness and she's nearby some fountain and she's just sitting and she's probably crying and she's like what the fuck am i supposed to do now like what the hell like what you know like i'm i'm pregnant i don't i'm i'm a servant girl i don't have any money i don't have anything and an angel of the Lord appears to her and calls her by name. He says, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where did you come from? Where are you going? It's pretty much a direct quote. <laughs> where where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me of that. But anyway, so Hagar says like she was running away from home. <laughs> running away from home because sarai was was being like a bitch to her right like not cool and the angel of the lord told hagar to go back to sarai and that he would make a great nation out of her as well right he's like i'm gonna hook you up what they did is not cool she shouldn't be mistreating you don't die here out in the wilderness or whatever other bad things might happen to you out by your, your lonesome with no money and no whatever like go back there we're gonna hook you up make sure you're okay so she returns back home and things are better and she has a son for Abram and they name him Ishmael. And it says Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Hey, that, pretty, that checks out. What did I say earlier? Like He was like about 85 uh, a little, little while ago. So about a year later and he has another son. That's about, yeah, I was spot on, man. I nailed it. I'm actually <laughs> proud of myself. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, so Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And then, 
14 years later, we're fast forwarding 14 years, when Abram is 99 years old, God appears before Abram again. I don't know like if they just weren't talking during this time or whatever, but this specific time, God appears before Abram, and he's back on his whole talk again about making a great people out of him. <laughs> God's like, remember that covenant we talked about? Remember that promise? Remember that mortgage that we signed with the fire and the dead animals and all that? Remember that deal? I'm ready to I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make it happen. Like you're only 99 years young. Let's make it. Let's do it. He's like, here's the requirements. Here's here's the addendum to the mortgage contract. You won't be called Abram anymore. Now you'll go by the name Abraham. Because that's a much more fitting name for someone who I'm gonna make nations and kings come from. It's just like it just rolls off the tongue a little better. Like Abraham. You can say it with me. Abraham. Like Abram is just too short, right? And then, and then uh and he says, Sarai won't be called Sarai anymore. She'll go by Sarah. We're going to call her Sarah now because that's a normal name that people are used to. And you can actually find it on gift shops and little like license plates for your bike and those types of things or Coke bottles, right? Like Sarah is a little, little weird. So God's like, you know, scratch that. You're gonna, So you're going to be Sarah. So we have Abraham and Sarah are their new names. He says, oh, also... Um, one more, one more last thing, one, one last, one last little thing to, to, to the contract that that I, that I want to do. Um, it's non-negotiable. It's part of the thing. Uh, you probably don't remember us talking about it because you were in a deep sleep when I kind of brought it up. But, um, by the way, I want you and all your males and your future sons and everybody else that's ever connected to you whatsoever, everyone forever and always in your lineage. Um, you need to be circumcised, <laughs> like starting tomorrow. You have 24 hours. I need everybody to be circumcised. If if anyone is not circumcised, uh, they will be cut out from the people and they'll be banished because they've been they've broken the covenant. They've broken the mortgage. They've broken the promise. Like it's not okay. Like you've got 24 hours. Go cut off the tip of your penis. <laughs> you have to do that right now. And I know it's a very important thing. It's culturally important. It's it's all historically. It's just like feels really. Like like aggressive, like a like a very like just <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> As you're reading the story, you're just like like oh we're gonna change our names. That's easy. That's cool. I wasn't really that attached to Abram, and it's very similar. My initials are still the same. I'm still like A, and they don't have last names, I guess. So it's just like I'm still that. But like oh yeah, by the way, also you need to cut off all the tips of your penises. <laughs> like like oh huh. Abram's like huh. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know that was part of the deal when you talked to me about it like, all those years ago. So Abram's like, okay, whatever. And I and I don't know if he was like trying to find like a loophole or trying to whatever, in lieu of of getting circumcised and circumcising everybody in his camp and everything, everybody everybody connected him all together. But he starts trying to like kind of lawyer him way his way out of it a little bit. So it says that he he praises God. He's like so happy. He's like. He's, you know, I want to be a great nation. Thanks so much. It's a great offer. But he also laughed a little bit. He laughed a little bit and said, he said, basically, I'm 100 years old. I'm 99 years old now. I'm almost 100 years old. And my wife, Sarah, as fine as she is, she is 90 years old. I already have Ishmael. Let's just use Ishmael. And let's forget the whole finer details of, of us you know, me and my 90-year-old wife having a baby, and maybe we can forget the circumcision stuff, too. Like, let's just bypass all of that. And God is like, no, no dog, hard pass. That wasn't the plan. I am still going to make a Ishmael a great people, 
which I promised his mother next to the fountain or whatever, and he's going to be blessed, and I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to hook him up. I'm going to take care of Ishmael, and I'm actually also, it says, this is actually pretty clear. It's very kind of neat. Like, he, he, he wants to take care of Ishmael. He says, I will bring forth 12 princes from Ishmael, and they will be a great nation. It will grow into being a great nation. It ain't his fault that y'all tried to get cute and and circumvent this whole or whatever and do the whole I'm going to do it myself type thing and you didn't trust me. That's not his fault. I'm not going to mess him up. But that was not my plan. A year from now, Sarah will give birth to a son and he is who I will make your lineage from and keep the covenant with because that was the mortgage contract that we signed and that was the plan all along. You just... You just trying to be cute over here and do it your own way. And then God left. He's like, all right, I'm done talking. And he leaves. I'm bored. I'm out. And Abraham, immediately that same day, I guess, maybe he felt like a little bad. Like, he's like, yep, I did. We went and, and did things with the servant girl. And now I have Ishmael. And I wasn't supposed to do that. And it says he goes, Abraham, the, immediately that same day, goes out. And he, he himself, he gets Ishmael. He gets all of his servants and every male in his camp that works for him in his company whatever they all get circumcised that same day just like all like lining up getting a flu shot at walgreens just every <laughs> like just i just think there's like a big tent where they're just doing it and like i don't know just like like one at a time just walk in all right drop drop trowel like here we go and like like i don't even know what sound effect to make for <laughs> for a grown adult circumcision that's yeah that's what it's doing like it just that's yeah so abraham was <laughs> bottom line abraham was 99 years old at the time of his circumcision yeah <laughs> if anyone ever needed a stiff drink it'd be abraham at that moment so uh and that's where we're gonna stop right now i think we've gone along on this episode again this was a foundation building episode there's some little bit weird stuff like saying that your wife is your was your sister and and then you know floating fire and and circumcisions and stuff so not like the most crazy wildest best stories ever but kind of interesting and it it sets everything up for the rest of abraham's story which we'll finish up in the next week's episode which that one has some legit ridiculous great amazing stuff in it i can't wait to talk about so yeah so that's the story of abraham the artist formerly known as abram Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned some stuff. Hope you had a little bit of fun. Again, thank you for joining me. And I think we're going we're gonna to wrap it up right here. Hope you have a fantastic day and a week and everything. And we will catch you next Sunday. Cheers.